Chapter 16, Part 2 I will now provide some arguments or motives to persuade people to heart purity. 1. The Necessity of Heart Purity Heart purity is necessary in respect to ourselves. Until the heart is pure, all our holy things are polluted. They are splendid sins. To the unclean, all things are unclean. Titus 1.15. Their offering is unclean. Under the law, if a man who was unclean by a dead body carried a piece of holy flesh in his garment, the holy flesh could not cleanse him, but he polluted it. Haggai 2.12-13. Whatever the leper touched was unclean. If he touched the altar or sacrifice, the altar would not cleanse him, but he would defile the altar. A filthy hand defiles the purest water. An impure heart defiles prayers and sacraments. He drops poison upon it all. A pure stream running through muddy ground is polluted. The holiest ordinances are stained if they run through an impure heart. A sinner's works are called dead works. Hebrews 6 1. Those works that are dead cannot please God. A dead wife cannot please her husband. Heart purity is necessary in respect to God. God is holy. Purity is the chief robe wherewith God Himself is clothed. Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil. Habakkuk 1.13 Will this holy God allow an impure heart to come near Him? Will a person place a poisonous serpent in his shirt? The holy God and the sinner cannot dwell together. None can dwell together except friends, but there is no friendship between God and the sinner, for they are of a contrary judgment and nature. An impure heart is more abhorrent to God than a serpent. God gave the serpent its venom, but Satan fills the heart with sin. Why hath Satan filled thine heart? Acts 5 3. The Lord abhors a sinner. Psalm 5 5, 11 5. He will not come near him, for the sores of his plague are running. My soul loathed them. Zechariah 11 8. Heart purity is necessary in regard to angels. They are pure creatures. The cherubim which typified the angels were made of fine gold to denote the purity of their essence. Exodus 25:18 No unholy thought enters into the angels therefore there must be purity of heart so that there may be some resemblance between us and them what would unholy hearts do among those pure angelic spirits heart purity is necessary in regard to the glorified saints they are pure being refined from all residue and sediment of sin their title is Spirits of Just Men Made Perfect. Hebrews 12:23. What would profane spirits do among spirits made perfect? If you who wallow in your sins could come near to God and angels and spirits of men made perfect and have a sight of their luster, you would soon wish that you were out of their company. A man who is dirty and dressed in rags if he would stand before the king and his nobles and see them glistening in their cloth of gold and sparkling with their jewels, would be ashamed of himself and want to be out of their presence.
There must be heart purity in regard to heaven. Heaven is a pure place. It is an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled. 1 Peter 1 4. No unclean beasts enter the heavenly ark. There will not enter into it anything that defileth. Revelation 21 27. The Lord will not put the new wine of glory into a musty, impure heart. All of this considered shows the necessity of heart purity. 2. It is the will of God that we should be pure in heart. This is the will of God, even your sanctification. 1 Thessalonians 4 3. Are you low in the world? Perhaps it is not the will of God that you should be rich, but it is the will of God that you should be holy. This is the will of God, even your sanctification. Let God have His will by being holy, and you will have your will by being happy. God's will must either be fulfilled by us or upon us. 3. Purity of heart is the characteristic note of God's people. God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. Psalm 73, 1. Heart purity names us the Israel of God. Galatians 6, 16. It's not profession that makes us the Israel of God. It makes us of Israel indeed, but they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Romans 9, 6. Purity of heart is the jewel that is hung only upon the elect. Just as chastity distinguishes a virtuous woman from a prostitute, so the true saint is distinguished from the hypocrite by his heart purity. This is like the nobleman's star or badge that is a specific emblem of honor that distinguishes him from the common people. When the bright star of purity shines in a Christian's heart, it distinguishes him from a formal professor of religion. 4. Purity of heart makes us like God. It was Adam's unhappiness once that he aspired to be like God in omniscience. However, we must strive to be like God in sanctity. God's image consists in holiness. To those who do not have this image and superscription upon them, Matthew 22:20, he will say, "I never knew you." Matthew 7:23. God delights in no heart except where he may see his own face and likeness. You cannot see your face in a mirror when the mirror is dusty. God's face cannot be seen in a dusty, impure soul. A pure heart, like a clean mirror, gives forth some idea and representation of God. There is little comfort in being like God in other things besides purity. Are we like God in that we have a being? So do stones. Are we like Him in that we have motion? So do stars. Are we like Him in that we have life? So do trees and birds. Are we like Him in that we have knowledge? So do demons. There is no likeness to God that will prove comfortable and joyous except our being like Him in purity. God loves the pure in heart. Love is founded upon likeness. 5. The excellency of the heart lies in the purity of it. Purity was the glory of the soul in innocence. The purer a thing is, the better. The purer the air is, and the freer it is from pollution, the better it is. Distilled water 
is most precious. The purer the gold is, the more valuable it is. The purer the wine is when it's taken away from the sediment and dregs, the more excellent it is. The more the soul is purified by grace and taken away from the sediment and residue of sin, the more precious value God makes of it. The purer the heart is, the more spiritual it is, and the more spiritual it is, the more able it is to accommodate Him who is a spirit. 6. God is good to the pure in heart. God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. Psalm 73, 1. We all desire God to be good to us. The sick person prays, May the Lord be good to me. God is good to such as are of a clean heart. How is God good to them? He's good to them in two ways. First, to those who are pure, all things are sanctified. Unto the pure, all things are pure. Titus 1 15. Possessions are sanctified, and relations are sanctified, just as the temple sanctified the gold, and the altar sanctified the offering. Matthew 23 17 20. To the unclean, nothing is clean. Their table is a snare. Their temple devotion is sin. There is a curse imposed upon a wicked man. Deuteronomy 28 15 20. But holiness removes the curse and cuts off the restriction. Unto the pure, all things are pure. And secondly, the pure hearted have all things work for their good. Romans 8 28. Mercies and afflictions will turn to their good. The most poisonous drug will be medicinal. The most difficult circumstances will work toward the goal of their salvation. Who then would not want to be pure in heart? God is good to such as are of a clean heart. 7. Heart purity makes one ready for heaven. The pure in heart shall see God. Happiness is nothing but the heart of holiness. Purity of heart is heaven begun in a person. Scripture calls holiness the anointing of God. 1 John 2.27 Solomon was first anointed with the holy oil, and then he was made king. 1 Kings 1.39 The people of God are first anointed with the oil of the Spirit, and made pure in heart, and then the crown of glory is set upon their head. Is not purity to be highly valued? It prepares the way for glory. Purity of heart and seeing God are linked together. Note the examples of those who have been eminent for heart purity. The Lord Jesus was a pattern of purity. Which of you convinceth me of sin? John 8.46 We are to imitate Christ in this. We are not to imitate Him in raising the dead or in working miracles, but in being holy. 1 Peter 1, 15-16 Besides this golden pattern of Christ, we are to learn from the good examples of those saints who have had a dove-like purity. David was so pure in heart that he was a man after God's own heart. Acts 13, 22 Abraham was so purified by faith that God shared his plans with him. Genesis 18, 17 Moses was so holy that God spoke with him face to face. Exodus 33, 11. 
What were the rest of the patriarchs except so many plants of renown flourishing in holiness? The fathers in the early church were exemplary for purity. Gregory Nazianzen, Basil, Augustine, and others were so inlaid and adorned with purity that envy itself could not accuse them. Therefore, as Caesar wished he had such soldiers as those who were in the time of Alexander the Great, so we may wish we had such saints as were in the primitive times. So just were they in their dealings, so decent in their attire, so true in their promises, so devout in their Christianity, and so unblameable in their lives that they were living sermons, walking Bibles, and real illustrations of Christ, and they helped to keep up the credit of godliness in the world. Heart purity is the only jewel you can carry out of the world. Do you have a child or an estate you delight in? You can carry nothing out of the world. 1 Timothy 6-7 Purity of heart is the only thing that can be transported with comfort. This will stay with you the longest. We usually love those things that last longest. We value a diamond or piece of gold above the most beautiful flower because the flower is fading. Heart purity has timelessness. It will go with us beyond the grave. How will we achieve heart purity? Look often into the Word of God. Now ye are clean through the Word. John 15, 3. Thy Word is very pure. Psalm 119, 140. God's Word is pure, not only for the content of it, but also for the effect, because it makes us pure. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. John 17, 17. By looking into this pure crystal, we are changed into the image of it. The word is both a mirror to show us the spots of our souls and a laver to wash them away. The word breathes nothing but purity. It illuminates the mind and consecrates the heart. Go to the bath. There are two baths Christians should wash in. One, the bath of tears. Go into this bath. Peter had stained and defiled himself with sin, and he washed himself with penitential tears. Mary Magdalene, who was an impure sinner, stood at Jesus' feet weeping. Luke 7, 38. Mary's tears washed her heart as well as Christ's feet. O sinners, let your eyes be a fountain of tears. Jeremiah 9, 1. Weep for those sins that are so many that they cannot be counted. This water of contrition is healing and purifying. And two, the bath of Christ's blood. This is that fountain opened for sin and uncleanness. Zechariah 13, 1. A soul soaked in the salty tears of repentance and bathed in the blood of Christ is made pure. This is the spiritual washing. All the legal washings and purifications were only types and emblems representing Christ's blood. This blood whitens the soul. Get faith. It is a soul-cleansing grace, purifying their hearts by faith. Acts 15, 9. The woman in the gospel who merely touched the hem of Christ's garment was healed. Luke 8:44. A touch of faith heals. 
If I believe that Christ and all His merits are mine, how can I sin against Him? We don't willingly injure those friends who we believe love us. Nothing can have a greater force and power upon the heart to make it pure than faith. Faith will remove mountains, the mountains of pride, lust, and envy. Faith and the love of sin are inconsistent. Breathe after the Spirit. He is called the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1.13. He purges the heart as lightning purges the air. In order to see what a purifying virtue the Spirit has, some comparisons are made in the Bible. The Spirit is compared to fire. Acts 2.3. Fire is of a purifying nature. It refines and cleans metals. It separates the dross from the gold. The Spirit of God in the heart refines and sanctifies it. It burns up the dross of sin. The Spirit is compared to wind. There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts 2, 2, 4. The wind purifies the air. When the air, by reason of smog, is unwholesome, the wind is a fan to winnow and purify it. Thus, when the smog of sin arises in the heart, smog of pride and covetousness, earthly pollution, the Spirit of God arises and blows upon the soul, purging away these impure mists. The spouse in the Song of Solomon prays for a gale of the Spirit, so that she might be made pure. Song of Solomon 4.16. The Spirit is compared to water. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit. John 7, 38-39. The Spirit is like water, not only to make the soul fruitful, for it causes the desert to blossom as the rose, Isaiah 32, 15, 35, 1, but the Spirit is like water to purify. Whereas before the heart of a sinner was unclean, and whatever he touched had a shade of impurity, Numbers 19.22, once the Spirit comes into the heart, He washes its filthiness with His continual showers, making it pure and proper for the God of spirits to dwell in. Be careful of common conversation and interaction with the wicked. One vain mind makes another. One hard heart makes another. The stone in the body is not infectious but the stone in the heart is. One profane spirit poisons another. Beware of the society of the wicked. Some people may object and ask what harm there is in this. Did not Jesus converse with sinners? Luke 5.29. There was a necessity for that. If Jesus had not come among sinners, how could any of them have been saved? He did not go among sinners to join with them in their sins. He was not a companion of sinners, but a physician of sinners. Mark 2.17. Although Christ did converse with sinners, He could not be polluted with their sin. His divine nature was a sufficient antidote to preserve Him from infection. Christ could no more be defiled with their sin than the sun is defiled by shining on a dunghill. Sin could no more attach itself to Christ than a burr could stick on a glass of crystal. The soil of his heart was so pure that no viper of sin could breed there. However, 
Our situation is different. We have a supply of corruption within, and the smallest thing will increase the supply. Therefore, it's dangerous for us to mingle among the wicked. If we desire to be pure in heart, let us shun their society. He who wants to keep his garment clean avoids the dirt. The wicked are as the mire, Isaiah 57:20. The fresh waters running among the salt taste salty. If you want to be pure, walk with those who are pure. As the communion of the saints is in our creed, so it should be in our company. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, Proverbs 13:20, and he who walks with the pure will be pure. The saints are like a bed of spices. By mingling with them we will partake of their aroma. Association brings about assimilation. Sometimes God blesses good society to the conversion of others. Wait at the posts of wisdom's doors. Reverence the word preached. The word of God consumed by faith, Hebrews 4, 2, transforms the heart into its likeness, Romans 6, 17. The word is a holy seed, James 1, 18, that when cast into the heart makes it partake of the divine nature, 2 Peter 1, 4. Pray for heart purity. Job sets forth the question, Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Job 14.4, 15.14. God can do it. He can produce grace out of an impure heart. Pray that prayer of David. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Psalm 51.10. Most people pray more for full wallets than for pure hearts. We should pray fervently for heart purity. It is a matter we are most closely concerned in. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Hebrews 12:14. Our prayer must be with sighs and groans. Romans 8:23-26. There must not only be speech, but also fervor. Jacob wrestled in prayer. Genesis 32:24. Hannah poured out her soul. 1 Samuel 1:15. We often pray very coldly, our petitions even freezing between our lips, as if we would teach God to deny. We pray as if we did not care whether or not God heard us. O Christian, be earnest with God for a pure heart. Lay your heart before the Lord and say, Lord, you who have given me a heart, give me a pure heart. My heart is good for nothing as it is. It defiles everything it touches. Lord, I am not fit to live with this heart, for I cannot honor you. I am not fit to die with it, for I cannot see you. Oh, purge me with hyssop. Let Christ's blood be sprinkled upon me. Let the Holy Spirit descend upon me. Create in me a clean heart, O God. You who ask me to give you my heart, Lord, make my heart pure, and you will have it.